This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce. Hi, Jay. Hello, Ian. How are you? I'm all right, you? Not too bad, thank you. Warmed up a little bit after last night. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a, had a lovely herbal tea when I got in, actually. You had a herbal tea? I did, yeah. Okay, stop lying. Uh, I I'll... did, I did. It's true. <laughs> Turned over a new leaf this year. A tea leaf? Yes. <laughs> also joining me, as you can probably tell from his laughter, is Joe Rimmer. Hi, Joe. I'm trying to get my head around James Pierce drinking the herbal tea. No, I, 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 I just assumed he was... What was it? I've lost like a, like a sleepy one. Since the, what, uh, just from drinking herbal tea? Well, probably helps instead of having... Oh. Four bottles of Peroni when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise you'd, you'd cut down to only four. To be fair, um, you're right, Joe. I'm fine, thank you. No problem. See, I don't, I don't call you the most social member of the sports desk anymore because you don't do that anymore. And the tallest member of the sports oh, desk is also with us. Yeah. It's Paul Gorse. Hi, Paul. Hello, Ian. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, good. Are you? are you wishing that we hurry this up so you can get home? No, I'll stay, <laughs> stay as long as I need to. Yeah. Why, is you, why are you taking the James Pierce approach to microphones today? Yeah, you're nowhere near the microphone. Come on, get a bit nearer. Oh, right. yeah, it, it, it doesn't go that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yes. And anyway, um, back in the real world, James, Liverpool yesterday had a chance to go seven points clear at the top of the Premier League after Manchester City lost 2 1 at Newcastle on Tuesday night. Liverpool, though, could only draw one all with Leicester. What was your take on proceedings? Um, frustrating night. It, uh, first 10, 15 minutes, I thought Liverpool were absolutely. Bang on it, you know. Dream start with with Mane slotting them ahead, and you know there was like a five ten minute period after the goal when threatened to to blow Leicester away. Um, you know, Firmino went went close to getting a second big save from Schmeichel, but I don't know. It was it seemed as the conditions got worse, Liverpool found it more and more difficult to to make use of the the vast amounts of possession they had. You know, it, it was pretty treacherous conditions, and and Leicester I thought were quite cute in terms of. Despite being found wanting by the goal early on, they they were after that pretty well organised uh, defensively. Very few openings, little space for Liverpool to, Liverpool's attacking players to operate in. Um, and then you know they were they were quite cluey as well. The fact that they you know got so many men behind the ball, they almost waited for Liverpool to make a mistake, and then pounced on the on the counter attack. And they started to ask more and more questions. Terrible time to concede the goal just before half time and. And then the second half was was a big disappointment because I felt that Liverpool you know, never ever really looked. You know, they, I thought they looked just as likely to lose that game as they did to win it in the second half. If if Leicester had been a bit more clinical on the counter, then we would have been talking about you know a, a first home league defeat in in thirty three games. I mean, Gorsty, we're looking at this then as one point gained rather than two points lost. If you look at the grand scheme of things and the fact that, as James said, Leicester could easily have won the game. Liverpool were, in my, in my opinion, certainly the second half, quite mm. poor. No, I don't, I don't think it, I'd ever look at it as, as a point gained when you draw a home to Leicester. It's just Leicester fact. were champions <clears throat> a couple of years ago. And they did, did beat Manchester City. They lost at Cardiff recently. They won at Everton and they won at Chelsea. Winning at Everton? Mm. I'm pretty sure if Liverpool win at Everton late in the season, you won't be so... Blase about they're, it. They're a handy team, but you're not saying that that's to, uh, a point gained. Well, t- well, it, it's a point gained in the sense that Newcastle beat Manchester City, and no one expected that. That's a, uh, yeah, I take your point there. But if, if Liverpool fans are waking up today, seven points clear, they would be really starting to think about that party in May, wouldn't he? But as it stands, it's five, and City is 
still kind of a little grasp on them on the coattails. So I don't think you, you could ever look at a home draw to Leicester as two points, uh, a point gained rather than two points dropped. But as James says, it, it was kind of set up for a team like Leicester more than Liverpool in terms of the way Liverpool. Liverpool knocked it about brilliantly, didn't they, the first two minutes, and Leicester didn't get a touch. But as the conditions were, and that passing game kind of suffered a little bit, and it, it was difficult. And Leicester hung in there, even at 1 0, that they were still getting men behind the ball. and defending deep and, and they were waiting for the moment to, to basically capitalise on a set piece and you know as frustrating as it was from a Liverpool perspective fair play to them because they, they hung in there got the equaliser and then probably deservedly took a point Joe if Liverpool had a won would you have been planning the party in May? <laughs> no no all around yours no I wouldn't have been planning the party Good. but I would have been very happy um, it's strange because you asked me one result after the next and uh, Today, I think Man City will win it again. Just <laughs> I, honestly, I just because because it's 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 been that much of a roller coaster at times. There's still 14 but games I, to go. I think I, I everybody. Know. I know James agrees on this. Everybody just needs to calm down a little bit. Yeah, I know. But then you read things after the game. And it's like yeah, five points clear with 14 to go. It's a great position. Like, well, it's it's a it's, it is a good position, but five points isn't a isn't a massive lead, no. and it can change so quickly. And we, when we saw over Christmas how quickly Man City went from looking like they weren't going to lose a game for the next 25 years to suddenly they've lost three. So I, I don't, I'm not, don't get carried away by where they are. I think last night was a frustrating one, though. It was a good chance for Liverpool to, to go seven points clear. And they're a good side, Leicester. They're a handy team. And yeah. they're well set up against... Teams like Liverpool, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, suits them. yeah, it does, and they've got As opposed some... to your Newports and your Cardiffs. Yeah, well, when they have to take take the initiative and, and go at teams, they're probably not as good. But they've got two strong centre halves, loads of pace, and Vardy is just he's a pain in the backside, isn't he? You know that whenever they chip little balls over the top, he'll cause problems. So they're, they're a really really decent team to for the for the big teams to face. So. You know, it was a frustrating one, but I don't think we should get carried away either way. I mean, James, Liverpool kind of made it difficult for themselves, as we were mentioning about the, the conditions, just the way that they were passing the ball around the back, certainly in the first half with Alisson. You know, he, he, he must be something about Leicester. He must think that, like, <laughs> must be like his, I think I put in the ratings, it, there must be his kryptonite, the fact that he, whenever he plays against them, he does something daft. He got away with it, but Liverpool on a whole didn't get away with, you know, daft foul by Andy Robertson. As you mentioned, right in the stroke of half time, there was no need for him to concede that free kick. Liverpool didn't really clear it properly. And then a combination of Van Dijk and Matip were playing offside, not paying attention. It was just, they just seemed to just be caught out. And that's yeah. why I, when Maguire was there, stood by himself, everyone just assumed, hang on. I know, yeah. It was. I think it was just. There was a lot of poor decision making, and thought in all in all departments. Thought attacking wise, quite often took the took the wrong option. Um, and and yeah, you're right. I thought Allison. You know, it was. It, it got ridiculous. Know, it was far too nervy, and there was, it was the amount of tension in the stands. You could see. You could feel it transmitting to the players on the pitch, even at, even at 1-0. Why yeah. was that there? Was that because of the way that they were playing? Because well, it was 1-0, as you mentioned, going to say then before I interrupted you, it was 1-0 to yeah. Liverpool. And that's when Liverpool were passing it around the back, making mistakes, and the crowd were basically more or less saying, just clear it. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it comes back to just how much everyone wants, everyone wants this title so, so badly, don't they? And I think when you're watching a game like that, and you could see it slipping away from Liverpool <coughs> at 1-0, it was just one of them games where you, you think, well, They've lost their way here. You know, Leicester, who didn't get a kick for 10, 15 minutes, are suddenly banging this. And you could see them growing in stature and you could see Liverpool making more and more mistakes. And of course, when the fans... It's one of them things where it just... You know, it actually makes things worse because 
the players, I think, that they then feel that those nerves and that tension and that anxiety. And that, you know, you know, one of the big ones for me, I think it was midway through the first half when it was still 1 0. And it was when Alisson actually had, you know, had taken an extra touch, nearly mm. got, nearly lost it to Vardy, who actually got a touch on the ball and ended up getting shifted out wide. Or Albrighton pings it into the box. And, you know, how Madison didn't score, I don't know. Free header six yards out, nodded wide. And, and you know, the kind of howls of anguish that went around Anfield. And you saw Klopp kind of turn around and, Make a gesture with his hands to the fans behind him to you know, just calm down a bit. You know we're winning this game. You know, there's no there's no need for it to be like this. But the problem was Liverpool never got a grip on the game after that. They actually just kept making more and more mistakes. And you know, another moment that stands out was I think Mane won the ball back on the edge of his own box, and there was this big roar that went up, and then immediately just gave <laughs> the ball away straight away. And then you know suddenly the roar was replaced by howls again. And yeah, it was it was just one of those one of those nights where. You know, Liverpool didn't help themselves, but I also thought, you know, we always, we quite often talk about the atmosphere at Anfield inspiring the home side and intimidating opponents. But I actually thought that was it was the complete opposite last night. It was actually one of those nights where Leicester fed off that unease in the stands and it affected Klopp's players. Is James right then, Gorsi, to say that perhaps we've said this time and time again yeah. on this podcast that maybe the fans need to educate themselves a little bit in terms of you don't win leagues by... There's a reason why Liverpool, in all the times they've won the league, they haven't been 60 points from 23 games because it's so unusual. They'd normally have lost a few more games by yeah. now or some draws. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting point. I think Jürgen Klopp thinks Sanfield should be like a Champions League semi-final for every game. Um, let's face it, the supporters came out in sub-zero temperatures last night and they were standing there trying their best, weren't they? But it wasn't quite at its at its best, the atmosphere. And it did kind of seep into the, into the game, didn't it? Liverpool were... One nil up before Leicester had even had a kick and somehow lost away. And as, as I say, fair play to Leicester. They, they hung in, in there and got back into it. But it's, um, I mean, the, the atmosphere will always be there when it's kind of needed to be. But for what many might see as a routine home fixture like last night, it, it, it was fan wanting a bit, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Um, but it's hard to kind of put the blame onto the supporters who, who came out last night and. Yeah, I don't think anyone's blaming the supporters. I think it's more joke that I think they have to realise that look what happened to Manchester City the night before. Played Newcastle, everyone thought they were going to win. They went 1-0 up, ended up losing. If City can lose a game like that, it's not easy and these teams aren't just going to turn up and and lose. No, it's true. And I think there was a little bit of counted of chickens, wasn't there? After Man City lost, a lot of people were talking like Liverpool were already seven points clear. But I think it's a, it's a double-edged sword at Anfield. It's it's an emotional place, and Liverpool fans, we're an emotional bunch, and I think at times it 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 creates wonderful atmospheres, and it's propelled Liverpool to to European cups and to other trophies, and and at times it does hinder Liverpool because people get quite rightly upset at times, and they get frustrated, and and last night they, I think a lot of fans saw it as a massive chance to to go seven points clear and take a massive massive step in in terms of towards a, a league title, and I think when they felt that slipping away. And I think James is right. It, it felt uh, quite early on, as soon as Leicester sort of got to grips with the game, it just felt like one of those days. And I think it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. The fans feel that, and then the players feel it, and yeah. then round and round it goes. And suddenly, if Leicester get a goal, it felt like Liverpool were never going to score again. So it's one of them. It, it can help Liverpool and it can hinder them. And, and last night it did, but I don't think we should get carried away. So we mentioned here that Gorsi thinks, I think we all in agreement that Leicester played well. We all agree Liverpool played reasonably poorly. The atmosphere wasn't particularly brilliant, James, but they didn't get beat. 
they drew. And if you'd have said on Monday, all Liverpool were going to extend the lead at the top, <laughs> you'd have gone, what? Yeah, that's why I thought it was, a, it, was a, it was a bit of an odd atmosphere immediately after the game because you could sense the kind of the disappointment around the stadium at the final whistle. And then I think it was like probably 10 or 15 seconds after when the, the cop started chanting Liverpool again. And, you know, it was it was almost like it took that long for the penny to drop that, do you know what, we've actually in a better position now than we were 48 hours ago. It just didn't really feel like it when, you know, also Liverpool hadn't dropped any points at home since October, since Man City took a point off them. So, you know, when you've been used to just getting result after result after result, I think, you know, there was bound to be disappointment attached to it. But yeah, you know, you'd have taken that at the start of the week, wouldn't you? And and bizarrely, you know, the mood would be very different if, say, if Liverpool had played on Tuesday night and and drawn and then City, you know, that would have felt like the end of the world, wouldn't it? Drawing to Leicester on Tuesday night and then, City then go to Newcastle, and then if if, if you know if the, if the games have been reversed and then the City had lost at Newcastle, we'd be, we'd be on cloud nine today. So, still a fantastic position. That's that's the the, the most important thing to, to not lose sight of the the fact you know that I was looking and I think only twice in Liverpool's history have they ever had more points than this after twenty four games. Um, you know, 87, 88 was the last time. And even then it was just a one point difference. They had 62 points after 24 games. So this this is an unbelievably gifted team who have been doing special things and one game against Leicester doesn't change that. And of course, sorry, Joe, you were going to say? No, no. no you were going to say, you were going to say, Ghosty, that what James has mentioned then about if the fixtures were reversed. But the point is, for most of the next eight or nine mm-hmm. fixtures, it's going to be Liverpool going second. So you're going to have a lot more of this, aren't you? You are. And I mentioned the other day about that being a, a disadvantage to Liverpool because we just assume that City are going to win and Liverpool are going to have to make sure that they deliver so that the gap isn't shortened but maybe if City do slip up again it gives Liverpool another reprieve and a chance to right the wrongs of, of last night um, it's it's a, it's an awkward one isn't it because as, as I just say we just assume if City are playing first then, then they will but um, City kind of I mean, we wouldn't have expected it a few months ago when we were all talking about how great they were, but when a team kind of stands up to them, they're far wanting a bit, aren't they, at the moment? I think every game they've lost, apart from Chelsea, the other team has come back to win, and mm. it's, um, maybe they've got a few question marks over their um, backbone, maybe? Maybe, I think it's more probably the desire. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they, they may be a little bit complacent, I think. Yeah, because they concede scrappy goals. I mean, anyone who watched the game on, on Tuesday night, they were absolutely brilliant for about, 25, 30 minutes and they, they went a goal up and I honestly thought they, they were going to coast yeah, to victory. After 25 seconds. And then, yeah, and, and <laughs> well, they, they kept, they had more chances and they kept pushing forward. They obviously had that one ruled out and <clears throat> they looked very, very good and then suddenly Newcastle started getting them under a bit of pressure and then it didn't, they didn't look like they were going to get back into the game and Newcastle looked like they were going to win the game and they did. So I, I do wonder if a few more teams look at City now and, and think, you know what, if we play with a bit more ambition and put them under pressure. Yeah, that's yeah, an interesting point because you look you're points. right, because there are these most of the teams have just said, Oh, we've got no chance. Like, for example, Newcastle did it last year. They mm-hmm. just did it with Benitez like, infamously picked a team just to keep the score down and they got beat. But he was never gonna do that on yeah. Tuesday, was he? Yeah, well exactly. And I, I think the first goal almost helped Newcastle because I think they would have sat in a lot more and looked to keep it tight. And then once they, they conceded the goal, they had to go forward and get things. So they did end up putting City under pressure. But you hope that the likes of perhaps Arsenal... City got Arsenal, Chelsea in the next two games. Arsenal, Everton, Chelsea. Arsenal, Everton, Chelsea. Well, no, is the Everton game? No, no, sorry, Everton yeah, game's it's, next it's week. next yeah. week, isn't it? No. But 
So Arsenal, Everton, Chelsea, you hope that those teams, especially Arsenal, will now look at City and think, you know what, we can actually have a go at them and, and try and... Well, Arsenal shouldn't goals. want to defend against anybody, to be honest. No, they shouldn't, but, you know, they, they might actually think City have got more weaknesses than perhaps we but thought. Newcastle weren't exactly banging on the door either. They just kind of had a couple of decent chances and then Rondon finally stuck one away and then they were coming bodies forward though yeah yeah they were yeah but it wasn't like a goal was coming from Newcastle because they they, they battered the door down and the the, uh, the penalty was you know Stonewaller wasn't it um, Fernandinho gets caught and it, it was a bit of complacency as you, as you say from New, uh, from Manchester City especially after going one they up after 25 seconds he probably thought it was going to be another 6 or 7 James let's talk about Stonewall penalties then <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And one that Naby Keita perhaps should have been awarded in the second half at Anfield. Um, he was tripped or certainly nudged by, is it Ricardo Pereira? It yeah, is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Ricardo Pereira. And referee Martin Atkinson, who had a tremendous game uh, in the warm-up, but was terrible during the match, um, he decided it wasn't a penalty. Now, two things. One, A, was it a penalty? And B, are Liverpool perhaps suffering because of all this penalty furore kerfuffle that's happened over the last couple of weeks? Well, yeah, 100% it was a penalty. I think I thought it was a penalty the first time I saw mm. it because you just think from the, from the angle that Pereira came in on Cater, I thought he, he's not going to get the ball. And then you think, why else? Would, you know, Cater's about to pull the trigger. He's clean through on goal. There'd be absolutely nonsensical to go down of his own accord. And then when you see it back, you know, it's an absolutely shocking decision. I think you know, he, he, he catches him, you know, around the, the foot, I think it is, and takes him out. Um I, I just don't understand how Atkinson hasn't hasn't seen it. Well, you, he was you, right in front of it, wasn't he? Yeah, he was I right just in front of him, I, I just don't understand. What, you know, obviously things happen so fast, but yeah, I just I don't get it. And I think there might be something about there's been you know, because of course ref, you know referees aren't cheats. You know, Martin Atkinson doesn't hate Liverpool. It's not you know you, obviously there's, there's a reaction in some quarters, <laughs> but the. Um, but they're human beings. They're bound to be influenced by the things they hear and the things they read. And there has been a huge amount of talk about Liverpool and penalties. And, and you know, I thought the one in the first half, I, can, I thought I thought some refs would have actually given the one Maguire on Salah just because I actually didn't think that was a penalty because I actually thought Maguire's just... Didn't really move, He's did a he? massive yeah, lump, yeah. but he's just gone. Face, yeah, he? yeah. yeah. And he's just gone, well, I'm standing here. You can, uh, you're not, I'm not getting out of your way. And he does, you know, he does give him a bit of a forearm smash. You know, it's not it's not the most cultured bit of defending, but I didn't have a massive problem with that one. But yeah, the Cater one in the second half, um, and that's you know, we talk about the, those they're the fine margins, aren't they? And we we talked about it before, where in a lot of games this season, Liverpool have been on the right side of those fine mm. margins. You know, you think of you know the, the the Pickford mistake in the derby. There's been so many like that. You know, big Allison saves the one at Burnley, and then he catches the ball out. They counter attack. What could have been two two becomes three one, and it's probably been seven or eight games like that where it could easily have gone the other way. But unfortunately, yeah, Wednesday night was everything just went against Liverpool. I mean, Maguire shouldn't have been on the pitch when he equalised. Do you yeah, think was, that was a red card for I the challenge on Mane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, well, I've seen it again. I, again, I can kind of understand, but I think the angle of the pass, he maybe thinks it, it's not straight through, is it? It's, mm. it's kind of angled a little bit. So maybe he's thinking that Mane is having to, you know, go out wide to think. But with the pace of Mane, you know, he, there's no way a Leicester defender is, is getting back to him. And, and again, I think, you know, I, I didn't think that was a shocker. I thought probably... 70-80% times in that position a ref would send send a player off but yeah the penalty one on Cater is an absolute 
disgrace. And Pereira had already been booked as well, so it, w- it would have been a second yellow. Leicester could have, you know, if, if those two decisions had gone for Liverpool, they'd have been down to nine men and we'd be talking about a, a similar... one old draw. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'd be talking about a narrow Liverpool win. And it, we'd actually be saying it had a lot in common with Brighton and Palace, where Liverpool didn't play particularly well, but found a way to win. Penalty for you, Gorsty. Oh, red yeah. card? Yeah. Not sure about it being a red card. Um, you can make a case for it, but I'm not certain myself. But in terms of a penalty, you'd, you'd be hard pushed to find anyone who'd say it wasn't. Liverpool might have got the rub of the green earlier on the season. I, I thought the Newcastle one was a pen myself. I think it was as well. Yeah, that's the, and that's the only one that really anyone's debating about. And I thought that yeah, was a penalty. The, so. the, the two against Arsenal were penalties, but um, yesterday they, they were unlucky. Right? They, that, that, for me, it was 100% a penalty. Joe, are you worried about Naby Keita? Yeah, he should have scored that. You know, I, I, one of the things... <laughs> you can't what, blame him. No, hang on. No, no. But he, but he, he talked about three extra touches that he didn't need to take. I don't know why he didn't have a shot before. And I actually think the worst decision, I thought, was an absolute clear red card. You know, it, it's denying a goal scoring opportunity. And if Sadio Mane going through on goal, clean through on goal, and I know the ball... With, with Salah was up with him as well. slightly going to the left. But one touch and he's, and he's in on goal, isn't he? And to say that that's not a clear goal not scoring opportunity, well, I'm sorry, but it clearly is. And he just bottles that and, and thinks, well, there's a couple of other defenders around that can make a case for only giving the yellow and not giving a red. I think the penalty won. It was it was a clear penalty, but I actually think you can understand in real time, perhaps he just thinks it's two guys going shoulder to shoulder and him going down. The little touch of the foot, which is what brings him down, is that possibly quite hard for him to spot in real time, I think it that's might be. That's a foul anywhere else but, on the pitch, though, isn't it? You know that's going to be yeah, given it, as a it free is, kick but, with, when you go shoulder to shoulder these days. Not, Even though for, for somebody like James, when he's playing, that would never be a foul, would it? It is, but I, I do think in real time, I can I can perhaps understand why he didn't give that, even though I think it was a penalty. But the, the red card one, I thought, was a clear red card. And I think he just bottled that one. So, But are you worried about navigating? Yeah, of he course was playing I am. in He was basically playing in central midfield, wasn't he? He was, he was in the two. But even though some people on Twitter were informing me that he was playing on the left, although, you know, we were at the game and we're pretty sure where he was playing. This should probably go on. Uh, anyway, uh, um, but this was his preferred position. Where he's, to be fair to him, he's played his best game. We said West Ham and Crystal Palace earlier this season, Burnley away. They were his three best games. But if you're it not, wasn't uh, happening for him, was If you're it? not worried about Naby Keita, then you've got to be a pretty calm person because there's, some, <laughs> there's something he really hasn't shown anything like what we, we hoped um, he would. Um I mean, my view was that he was he was very sloppy when in, in yeah. his defensive third, and, and he and completely too safe when he then went further well, that, forward. It was only, that, the only time that he didn't was when he should have had the penalty. That's been the problem for a long time. There was there was a chance late in the second half. He, he carried it forward, and um, I think Robertson made a run, or it might have been Mane. I can't, I can't remember. Someone was making a run down the left, and um, <clears throat> there was a chance for him to play the ball through, and he delayed and delayed, and the, the chance was gone. and And that for me is just sums him up this season. He just quite often plays it far too safe and I think he does lack he's lacking majorly in confidence whether that changes and, and we finally start to see the player that had so much hype around him I don't know but the longer it goes on the more you worry and the more you worry that he's not going to turn that corner but you know let's let's hope he does um, but yeah I think last night was a big big chance for him it showed a lot of faith yeah, I, I didn't think yeah, I didn't think, didn't think would play well, when, when we were doing the team earlier in the week mm. we completely forgot about him to be honest yeah, we, just, him, yeah, we yeah. just completely forgot about him I mean I, I can only assume that it's because of various injuries and illnesses and stuff like that that, that mm. Fabinho yeah. didn't start in midfield because 
I mean, why he started Keita, that's the only that's the only reason I can think of. James, I know that you were not impressed with Keita, and that's not the no, first time, I mean, I, unfortunately. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be that harsh on him in terms of last night, because I think... It's not easy to light up a game when a lot also, of players yeah, around say, it wasn't you just were, him, It wasn't just him that was you know, underperforming, was Salah it? Salah was yeah. very subdued. Firmino, you know, a couple of little bits Shaqiri? of brilliance. But Shaqiri, yeah, Shakiri yeah, was completely anonymous, yeah. Mm. So, you know, it's not easy to just light up a game, especially in the, you know, those conditions as well. Um, you know, I, I don't think it was ideally suited for him. But, yeah, it is, a, it is an ongoing concern. There's no, no doubt about that. And I think, as Joe said, I think... The biggest thing with him is confidence at the moment. You look at, I think he's overthinking things. I think he f- he's feeling that that weight of expectation on his on his shoulders. You know, he'll know that he hasn't come anywhere close to living up to the hype and and what people thought Liverpool were getting when they paid fifty two point seven five million pound for him um, last summer. It's interesting how no one mentions the fee, really. Did they? It's 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 like. It's just, it's it's, just it's, part of the course now, though, isn't it? I think it's still more than £50 million is a lot of money. But people mm. don't, don't mention, unless it's absolutely, and it sounds a bit weird, but absolutely eye-catching like £75 million for Van Dijk or the goalkeeper fee for, for Alisson or perhaps Pogba. I don't think people mention those those fees as much anymore. You never. Yeah. It's not like in the old days where like Shevchenko was. People said thirty-five million pound striker Shevchenko. But, but he was rubbish. That's the whole point. Is that he, the reason that they mentioned that? It's, it's he wasn't very good. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. But people, even when players aren't that good anymore, you don't hear fees yeah. mentioned as much. I think I think what's helped cater as well is the fact that Liverpool have been winning. Some, yeah, you know, yeah, because it, it Liverpool have almost they haven't. If Liverpool was struggling. And going through a real bad patch, then there'd be a massive spotlight on him and say, mm. you know, come on, all that money Liverpool paid for you, yeah. where, where's the contribution? But because they've been doing so well, that that's not the case. And I also think what also was counted in his favour is people will harp back to what happened with Oxley Chamberlain and Robertson. And Fabinho. And, and Fabinho and say, you know, do you know what? You know, cut the lad some slack. Just look at what happened with Robertson and Oxley Chamberlain and Fabinho. But the only problem is there's no guarantees that'll happen with Cater, and we all hope that's the case and certainly wouldn't even begin to start writing him off yet but you know it's I don't you know some people have their favourites don't they and won't, won't really just won't never, be, I really noticed that won't be budged you know, the, the, you, you, know you, you can't just change you know you can't just judge a player on how he's playing at that particular time you get accused of having an agenda or all sorts but you know any, anyone who thinks that Naby Cater has come close to living up to what we thought we were getting is is absolutely kidding themselves. But let's hope that changes soon. Brexit had Ian Doyle does have an agenda there. <laughs> What's my agenda then, Joseph Rimmer? Brexit, isn't it? Yeah, Brexit. Just, but I'm very yeah. much against it. Are you for it? So just I've gone on the record as being against it. Are you for it? I'm I'm obviously against Brexit. Yeah. Okay. But you I won't, are Brexit I won't, ask, I won't ask you, James, because you're, well, from you're, down, you're from down south and we all know what, what you all think. No, I'm, I'm completely against Brexit. Oh, but we may as well ask you, Ghosty. Yeah, I was a staunch Remainer. Yeah, well, I've voted we've, we've perhaps lost, well, if yeah. the numbers are correct, 52% of our leadership just right yeah. now. So, so only you, this Farage is about our listenership, even. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Anyway, should we talk about, <laughs> Cal, should we talk about Cal Walker's tweet? Yes. Yes. Subsequently deleted. <laughs> oh, has he deleted it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not before we screenshot it, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. For anybody, for anybody now, no just Kyle Walker has um, 
posted a tweet this afternoon. Uh, it's there it is there. It's actually a picture of it's the famous picture of Harry Maguire after England's one of England's games in the World Cup. It was it he was speaking to is his is his girlfriend. I'm not sure yeah. who it is. Oh, it's well, his sister or his sister. Family, anyway. Well, I don't want to get them too mixed up. So it's a, a group of girls. <laughs> he's, he's only speaking to her daughter. He's not kissing her. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway. I, you mix those things up all the time. Where you from? St. Helens. Not from Wigan. I avoid saying that, James, in case we have any listeners. I'm from St. Helens. Not from Wigan. Right. And it says. Have they basically, had a podcast in St. Helens, actually? So well, we've, we've just getting computers and electricity, so don't worry. <laughs> uh, we're going to be after you soon. Um, anyway, back to the tweet. Uh, and it's basically Cal Walker's posted a message saying, Harry Maguire's saying, so basically they thought they were going to be seven points ahead, dot, dot, dot. Now. I quite like her. I thought it was quite funny. Yeah. But then immediately you then think, well, why were they going to go seven points ahead? It's because City lost to Newcastle, and I think he kind of thought. And Leicester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They lost to Leicester a month ago. Yeah, yeah that's so true. Actually, yeah, it's, yeah. So I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. yeah. So they lost them. That great team, Leicester, which you know you were belittling me for oh, saying. No, that. no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just anyway, we've, we've done that. So do you, do you feel as though uh, James Kyle Walker has suddenly realised? Well, it was quite funny. Let's be honest. He's thought, oh. Not the, better not stir that particular hornet's nest. I think he's been told to delete that tweet. I think. <laughs> <laughs> by, either by Pep Guardiola or someone very close to Guardiola. I think Guardiola said earlier on this season, and I think he had to go at Mendy for for yeah, for being on social media. And stuff like that, yeah, yeah, and and you know, Shane Reid, I like him. I like Mendy as well, but yeah. I, just, I, th- I thought well, you know, it, it, I haven't got that. Some people will take grave offence at that tweet from Carl Walker and say it's you know it's not outrageous, is it? But I just think it's quite stupid because all <laughs> as, as we said before, you know, it's 24 hours after you know City have lost a game that they were overwhelming favourites to win. You know, they got the most expensively assembled squad in the history of football. Yet they're five points behind Liverpool, so it's it's a bizarre thing to be having a joke at Liverpool's expense at the moment, and all it can do is motivate Liverpool further. So I'm not surprised he's been told to delete it. I'm sensing that could be a blood red, perhaps, on Friday for you. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Should... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can you write a tweet on the dressing room wall, you know? Yeah. I'll save it for Saturday if you want to Can you, you, can you pin it. a tweet on the... You can, <laughs> you can, can pin a tweet, well. yeah, you put yeah. it at the top of your thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it. Joe. It's not really a great deal to say, is there? I actually thought it was quite funny. Thank you for going on this podcast. I actually thought it was quite funny. Fair play to him. Um, he's deleted it. Hopefully he really does regret okay, it. Okay, I'll turn it around then. What if, if sorry, a Liverpool Joe, player, I'd what if saying, a Liverpool player was, has just done that? I'd have laughed, laughed but I'd also be thinking, you? don't do not do that, don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Don't but, add fuel yeah, to the fire. You don't, you don't yeah. need to do it. Yeah. And that's quite, what you do like about this Liverpool team is there really isn't many players that would do that sort of, or any players really that would do that sort of thing, is there? Um, well, there's one or two who might be tempted to do it. They're all quite active on social media, but not in a, a silly way. I mean, yeah. you, you want a bit of personality, but perhaps that isn't really well-timed. Speaking of personalities, James, Lazar Markovic is still at Liverpool. It's currently... Uh, <laughs> so it's a personality? Uh, yeah, did it say personality? Yeah. I was saying James has got one. Uh, Lazar Markovic. He is still at Liverpool. We're currently recording this at three o'clock on, nearly well, nearly four o'clock on a transfer deadline day. Um, would it be fair to say we might still see him at Liverpool tomorrow? Yeah, I, I think. The, <laughs> <laughs> well, I got told. Speak to a few people in Serbia last week, and they 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 said they'd been told that he had no intention of leaving. The <laughs> <laughs> and, well, because, he, he he felt that. 
he will never earn the kind of money uh, that, that he's on at the moment again, which I think is fair to say he won't ever earn £50,000 a week again. Um, so, I, you know, again, I haven't got the crystal ball, but I think the only way he leaves today is it with some kind of payoff. Um, because, you know, there was a bit of interest from Mexico, wasn't there? But, you know, n- nobody who's going to come close to matching the money that uh, that he's on at Liverpool. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he's if he's around for another few months. You know, Liverpool haven't bitten the bullet before now and paid him off. So if they decide not to again, he'll continue to, to train with the kids. It's, it's just a bit of a sad state of affairs, really, isn't it? You know, a 24-year-old who arrived with, you know, a really big reputation... And I just, you know, of course, it works both ways with contracts. You can't, you know, you want players to honour them when you want to keep hold of them. So you then can't really slag them off for then for them when it's you want to get rid of them and they won't go. But you've got a question: where's where's the motivation to make the most of his career that's gone hopelessly off track? I mean, you speak to people at the academy and them got a bad word to say about him in terms of he goes in there to train every day. You know, they, um, I think it's fair to say he doesn't overexert himself in training sessions there, but he does enough. You know, he does. <laughs> turns he, up on he, time. He does. Yeah, he yep. turns up on time. He shakes hands. He, you know, he's. He shakes hands. Shakes everyone's hand. He's very, very polite. You know, takes a full part in the session and then gets off and that you know it's just a bizarre yeah. thing I mean yeah someone said to me the other day you actually feel quite sorry for him because you think what what are you doing but then you remember he's on £50,000 a week and there's probably a lot of people that more deserving of sympathy than, than someone in Lazar Markovic's position <laughs> just <laughs> Just looking then at the January transfer window as a whole, are you surprised that Liverpool have done zero business? No, 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 no. I thought I thought it was pretty clear from the outset, really, that you know, I know sometimes clubs wanna keep everything under wraps and but you can usually you can usually tell from what someone doesn't say as much as what they do say. And no, I thought Klopp was pretty clear from from the outset that he it was very unlikely they would do anything. I thought the only thing surrounded the defensive issues with so many missing and whether they might have to look at some kind of short-term fix. But, you know, Klopp said that a few weeks ago, that trying to find someone of the required calibre that you'd be able to get on a short-term basis was next to impossible. And, and the fact that, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold will be back in the next week or so. You know, Gomez only a couple of weeks away. Uh, obviously, Lovren is back now. Um, so, you know, that picture is is easing up. So, no, I think... Uh, it's, it's, it's been the transfer window I thought it would be to be honest Did Liverpool missed a trick then by not signing anybody to strengthen from a position of strength I don't think so I mean the problem is you, could, you always want more don't you because you can never if Liverpool went and if Liverpool had gone and spent I don't know God knows how much on Timo Werner or something this month mm. you wouldn't be going oh I wish they hadn't done that because there's no, <laughs> there's no point in that because, <laughs> because you'd, you'd obviously want him there as a, as a backup but he wouldn't get in Liverpool's side at the moment and you know, Klopp always talks, doesn't he, about you make a contract with a a player for the you know the full season, and he, he very often he doesn't he doesn't like breaking that. And you know, there's no doubt the squad will need some adjust adjustments being made to it in the summer. But no, I I, I think I think he's pretty well equipped for what Liverpool need to deliver between now and May. Ghost, are you happy that Liverpool haven't done anything in January? Yeah, you look at the the teams and pretty at the top of the Premier League. It's hard to see where they would have strengthened. The, I thought Klopp might have got in a defender after Lovren went off at Wolves and there was might have been a couple of weeks where they were scrabbling around for a centre-back. But 
As James says, like, who gets in this Liverpool team at the moment? It's, it's got to be a very special player to come into the first eleven, and it's got to be a you know a really decent player to come into the squad as, as a whole. So, not surprised at all to see Liverpool not spending, and um, glad that Liverpool are, got the feet up today and, and they're out of it all. All the madness that's going on around them. Well, that's, I think there isn't much madness. Well, is yeah, there? That's what I was going to say to Joe that. Had anybody signed anybody? I mean, Arsenal have got some. Dennis Suarez in on loan. Yeah. Chelsea obviously got Higuain, and he obviously is thinking he's made a delight. He's delighted about his move after what happened to them. We got Bournemouth. That's it. I think clubs don't tend to do a lot of business in January now, do they? Unless there's an extraordinary deal that they can they can pull off. Liverpool Van Dijk last year, and City obviously tried to sign Mares, didn't they? Last this time last year. So I think unless there is something special going on, they, they don't bother and. You know, I think gone are the days where they sort of will wheel and deal or even get many sort of bargains in, in January because clubs just don't do business. I, I do actually wonder how long they'll they'll carry on with the January transfer I think window. it has to continue. You can't, no, give, I think you can't it, give teams the, the chance not to no, change No, I think, it think it will, but I wonder whether they'll make some sort of change to try and... It it, it, it does seem to have dried up in recent yeah, years. Thankfully. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just Put it down to what, a week, two weeks. Something I like just that. wonder what they'll do. I think they might might try and change it round. But yeah, it, it, no one's really been doing anything, have they? Really? And yeah, even Higuain is only because he didn't do anything at Milan. They wanted him off the wage bill, didn't they? At Juventus, so he's he's ended up there at Chelsea. And I don't think anyone's particularly jealous of that deal. So I, it just, almost feels like teams have have stopped pandering to, to Sky. It's it's like. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's all your fault, Sky. No, but it kind of felt like we'll take. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll take all your money. But, <laughs> no, but it's it's like from the outside, it looks it kind of feels like teams felt they had to go mad in the, the final couple of days just to sustain. Do you really this. think that's true? Well, why, why, when they have a whole month to to sort out whatever issues they want why do they leave it to the final because they don't want to pay the wages for the month probably that's most of the time that's the reason why and also they want to do it so late because they can make sure the deal isn't gazumped by somebody else either that or things like for example Adrissa Gay today we know he wants to to move to PSG and and you you can imagine that he's waiting and waiting waiting for someone to blink and eventually he has to go into his manager's office and say look I won't play for you in the second half of the season. So then a team has to make a move and then that... Yeah, there's a lot of brinkmanship yeah, going yeah, on. Exactly. And that, that's that's what a very odd move that is. Address the A to PSG. Yeah, I mean, do they realise he can't pass the ball five yards? <laughs> doesn't need to, does he? If he passes four yards, that's all he needs to do. <laughs> Just give it to Neymar. Yeah, Neymar yeah, will come and get it off you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing about the January transfer window, James, is because Liverpool, and this will obviously also extend to the summer, because Liverpool have now reached that high level. Let's face it, they were Champions League finalists last year. Five points clear at the top of the Premier League. So they're doing well. They're doing very well. They're amongst the top teams in the world, you'd say, at the moment. Suddenly, the the actual pool, the number of players they can sign has become incredibly smaller. Yeah, and I think that's a big part of it. I think you know, even when you go back to the deals they did over the course of, of, of 2018, you know, Klopp spoke about it himself. You know, as, you, as the standard keeps on rising, but the, you know what the players you're aiming at, it, it becomes more and more difficult to get them. Um, so you know, when you, when you when you think back to what was it, his first January when well, he signed Stephen Corker on Grouch as well. Yeah, yeah. you know they they just they're just not the kind of deals that hey, Grouch is the new Ronaldo the, though. The um, I like Marco Grouch. No, I mean, yeah. the, the, um, I mean no, more. The, I was thinking of the Corker one and just you know you just couldn't imagine. You know that would be laughable now, wouldn't it? If Liverpool signed Stephen Corker or the equivalent of him on like a half season loan, because you'd be like you know what. 
the hell what the hell is that about with, with what Liverpool are going for but so yeah it shows it shows how much things have changed but he, you know he will you know there is a fair few players there he'll, who he'll need to count on and obviously believes he can count on from now until May who you think probably won't be around beyond then you know you think of obviously Moreno is probably the most obvious one you know, the deputy to Robertson you think of Origi and Sturridge even someone like Lalana, you know will he have another season at Liverpool beyond this one you know, difficult to, to quick, say at the moment. Quick quick on Alana, you mentioned him. He came on and didn't really make much of an impact. Again, like as Cater, it was difficult for him because so many players weren't playing particularly well. But this season, it's just not happened for him this season, has it? Whenever he's came, come in, he's not quite performed for whatever reason. And then when he's had a chance, he got the injury, didn't he, in, in September, which is that really set him back? Yeah, it's been so stop-start for him, hasn't it? I think... I think a lot of fans have almost written him off as as of any any value, but you know Klopp. But he was the best player for Klopp in the first. Well, yeah, one of and, the better players. Yeah, in the first and there's no months. doubt Klopp's faith in him is is still there. You know, it, you know, you saw that last night. You know, he was the first one who got told to, to you know to uh, to get ready. You're, you're coming on. Um, Klopp was asked a few weeks back when he when he had another setback, and he was absolutely you know adamant that you know he said I, I promise you he will have a big part to play between between now and May and I hope he does because you know he's a he's been a real decent servant to Liverpool Lalana and you know he, his importance has declined in the last couple of years but that, you know that has mainly been due to his body letting him down and you know I, I still hope that we'll see Lalana making making a difference in the, you know, the next few months I think it's too early to to write him off he's missed yeah. so much football that you can't judge someone on when they get no. 20 minutes here and there well, Joe, that, well, that's the problem, though, isn't it? He may only get twenty minutes here and there between now and the rest of the yeah, season. Yeah, and I think he's been unlucky, hasn't he? The, the injuries he's had's been very unlucky. I think I can't see him staying at Liverpool beyond the summer, and his Liverpool career towards the end of it has just passed him by a little bit, hasn't it? But I wouldn't be surprised, like James, says, if Lallana pops up with a crucial goal between now and May, mm. and you know, and has as a role to play. Um, but he's clearly a great pro and someone that. Klopp rates very highly and um, it's a shame for him it really is a shame for him he, he was very good under, under Klopp when he first came in but I just think Liverpool have evolved a bit I think they've become a better team on the ball and I don't quite know where you fit him in now he doesn't really fit in in midfield he doesn't quite fit in across the front three so you know he's just a bit part player but hopefully he does have that role to play Let's look at West Ham then on Monday James is that going to be a difficult one? Because West Ham was such a strange team. They are, they are a strange they beat, team. They beat, they? What did they do? They beat United 3 1, admittedly, at the time when everybody was beating United. They ran Tottenham <laughs> close, didn't they? Lost 1 0 at home. They were a bit unlucky, but got thrashed by City and obviously got knocked out of the FA Cup by Wimbledon. And But then they've got players like Arnautovic yeah, and Felipe Anderson. They beat Arsenal. They beat Arsenal. They lost two midweek this week, didn't they? Yeah, Wolves. Got, Wolves. got thrashed yeah. by Wolves. 3 0. 3 0, yeah. So they're a little bit like, I wouldn't say they're like Leicester in, in the way that they play the game, but they've got a lot of they've got good players there, I think. Yeah. Do you see? That automatically smacks of what are you talking about? Arnautovic just, it just does my head in a bit with people like him because he, he's, a, he's, a, he's so talented, but you talk about, because you, know, you hear people say about he's the kind of player that maybe Liverpool should be looking at and you heard that a bit earlier on in the season, you know, he'd be a great kind of squad option for Klopp. But you only have to look at his attitude and the way that that went on with China earlier on this month, and you know, and you know, he ended up obviously you know using that interest to to get himself better terms at West Ham, and you know, I think I think that's that had a bit of a, a destabilizing effect on them a bit, and they have got some half decent players, but 
What would you sooner he wasn't playing on Monday? Because yeah, there's some yeah, suggestion he think, might not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went off injured, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. And don't think it's as bad as he first thought, no, but no. I'm not not sure whether he's actually. Yeah, available. he's got he's got the ability to you know you know just like Andy Carroll has if you know if he gets the the right service. But I I I, I don't think this is a particularly worrying game for. For Liverpool, I think that's very, the, very confident. I just, I just think they've had some horrendous results recently, and and also like Pellegrini has, has been slagging them off quite repeatedly, hasn't he? he you know, he's uh, you know, he, I think he called it a disaster of a performance last weekend. Cri- really critical of them again in midweek. Yeah, I just their their season's petering out, isn't it? You know, they're they're going to be twelfth, eleventh, or twelfth or, or something, and the, um, wow. I'm not. James Pierce is James damning. Absolutely. The, 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 yeah, West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. West Ham. Yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 You know, Bobby Moore doesn't still play for them. You've got, got Felipe Anderson who plays on the left. He's been one of, the, <laughs> been one of their best players, hasn't he, this season? Yeah, I think. he's but decent. I think that could be a problem. He will be there next season. He'll be at some United. He doesn't shoot the moment as right back, isn't he? And he plays on the left wing. Well, he could have a bit of joy there. But yeah, I agree with James. Arnautovic has had a bit of a stabilising effect on them. and it's hard to look past a Liverpool win on Monday. They've got Antonio though, and he always does well against Liverpool. I think it's a tricky game, and I think because you, you don't know, they are very. This Jack, is more like Jack it. And, Joe against James. It's like the old I days where you're just disagreeing with him instead of this are, this entente cordial from the last few weeks. Gloves are off now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are very Jekyll and Hyde. Aren't they? They're not like Leicester in the sense that I think Leicester have got a bit more about them and are a better structured team if that I makes th- I sense I was only but, saying because but, they've seemed to have got some decent yeah, results against yeah. some of the better teams or good decent performances at yeah. least but West Ham they are a strange team I, but I don't I, th- I think it's one of the, the trickier games one of the trickier ways Liverpool have got left mm. um, when you take Old Trafford and, and Goodison out of it and, and look at I still fancy Liverpool to go there and win but I don't think they should take it for granted because they're just such a strange team because I, I can't get my head around how they can get thrashed one week but then I watched the Arsenal game and they looked defensively quite sound and and they looked like they had a bit of fighting spirit. The crowd were well behind them. And um, they seem to be over that, you know, the problems that they had with the London Stadium and the crowd. Because um, it seemed like a really decent atmosphere that day. But it does, it's difficult. You can't look past, like, I mean, Liverpool went there a couple of seasons back and West Ham were just like, on the beach, weren't they? The four <laughs> nil, four nil, yeah. just yeah. <laughs> took the mick, didn't they? So I, they're, they're, they are a difficult side to get your head around. But, you know, if Liverpool want to win the title, they, they've got to be going to places like this and winning, haven't they? Well, we'll try and pick the team. I suspect I know what this team's going to be. James, are we going to say Alisson in goal? Still not Mignolet. Still no chance for him. I'd probably stick with Alisson. Right. Milner right back? Yes. Yeah. Robertson left back? Yeah. Centre backs, are we going to say Van Dijk and Lovren? Uh, yeah, I would actually. If yeah. we, I can never understand this bit. Are we picking or are we saying what Klopp would do? No, what we're... What we'd do. A Lovren is... It's, uh, it's ten times the player Matip is. I, Matip is just a ghost, isn't he? He's just a ghost. <laughs> he's just a ghost. Didn't you say just, this about some? Just, in fact, was it Matip you were talking about the other week? Yeah, he just floats through he games. Did have, he did have his fifty p head on last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, he never takes it off. <laughs> to be fair, there was some, some decent statistics about him last night. But then I, I thought he just doesn't attack things and doesn't. He's always seems to be happy to let others deal with situations. Yeah. And he's a bit wishy washy is the, the phrase I use for. And and. And I, my thing, thing with Lovren is that I think, yeah, you know, he does end up every now and again dropping a clanger. 
But Lovren doesn't hide, does he? He always goes no. and tries to win headers and win tackles and and tries to make passes. Whereas Matip and, and don't and don't run into the the like runs into the penalty area and then just passes it behind him <laughs> as if he's gone on some amazing brilliant run. It's all coming out today. So James has no time for West Ham and you have no time for for Matip. Gorsty, he's got, got, got a strange accent. That's the only thing. Gorsty, anything? Anybody or any team or any establishment that you just like to absolutely slaughter? Now's your chance. Can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, well, that's because he's a very nice man. Yeah, not only the tallest. No, he's just he's, he was fuming about deadline day in Sky. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, actually, yeah. no. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Well, Sky Sports. Against Sky Sports. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, excellent. So uh, up front, we're going to say the normal three. Yes, even yeah. though Firmino, in my what opinion, that, what is that now though? Because it's... oh, well, it's just the three of them. The yeah, three of them yeah, are going to play. Right. So which brings us to the midfield, and I'm pretty sure we're all going to say Henderson, Wijnaldum, and Fabinho. Yeah, yeah. But if you say that, where are they playing? In a, in a three. So you're going to say 4-3-3? <laughs> three, three, yeah. And with Salah on the right? Yeah. Yes. Ooh, interesting. That's not, it's not mm. going particularly well for Liverpool this season, has it? But I don't know you're saying, well, they're playing West Ham, so you can just no, have your I just, I just think that's the personnel at the moment. Obviously, things could change between now and Monday. But you'd, you'd say but you have to assume that, that assume they're all still fit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you'd, you'd say Keita or Shakiri could have any major gripes about being left out after Wednesday night. You'd have no worries on going back to a three midfield, though? No. No, I think that that midfield is quite quite a decent midfield, especially. Although Fabinho hasn't really performed in a three. No, no, he hasn't. Uh, but I think Liverpool away from home is set up better than a three, aren't they? At times. Yeah, and it won't be a, f- a flat three. Yeah, it'll yeah. be like probably him and him well, if it's holding, the, and maybe Henderson and Wijnaldum yeah. a bit ahead of him. And but it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me if they go four two three one. It, it still works, doesn't it? You know, either, either way, but. I th- I th- it's diff- it's difficult, I suppose. Injuries and and fitness and what 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 have you will will play a massive part. But it's the one to see my pick. Yeah, I'd I'd like to see Salah on the right. I think that's probably where his best position he struggled is. Struggled last night on the right though. He didn't. He, well, well Maguire was. was I thought Maguire had a good game, and I don't think Liverpool did, did particularly well in in terms yeah. of release. And so the one time that they did, as James said, Maguire just stood there and he ran straight into him. Mm. Yeah, um, how Firmino comes back, I thought he he was. He was good when he came on yesterday. Mm. He's, he, there's no no kind of nonsense with him, is it? He, he turns and he, he looks for the forward pass all the time. And if you it's don't on, like nonsense, do you? No, no. none of the <laughs> Sky Sports <laughs> nonsense. That's just no, bread no, and no, butter. No, Give me that steak, kidney pie, etc., etc. Et yeah. yeah. Less nonsense. Get it wild, get it in the box. For me, that was 100%. I hope he none of this back. yellow ball stuff. Gini Van Alden, yeah. And as James says, I don't think Shakiri or Keita can have a moan if they're left out. So what what score then? I know you're going to say three 0 to Liverpool, aren't you, Jay? Yeah, I am actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ghosty's going to say it's on Sky, so I'm really angry. Oh, However, I'm watching, uh, <laughs> this should be Sunday three o'clock. Abstain. Um, two nil. Two Liverpool. Um, two three one. Two one. Two one. Two one. I'm going to go with two nil. West Ham are crap. Right. <laughs> And on that bombshell. <laughs> yes, and on, oh, on, on that James Pierce-esque bombshell, uh, we bid you farewell. Join us next week where we'll be recording it on Tuesday, I think. Uh, we will look back at the visit to West Ham and whatever else is going on at Liverpool at that time. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.